The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 82, recorded January 12th, 2021. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the team. With me, as always, is my good friend... Michael Diaz, Dark Sith. Something awesome. Boy, well, one day you we should ask people to give you a title. Let's see how that goes. I'm uh, Chief Executive Officer of Kicking Ass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, wonder if the people in, I wonder if people in Kansas still think that from last week. Can't, oh, yeah, didn't I say so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did disparage Kansas City, Kansas by accident. You did. I, I do want to say something. Uh, you know, we, we did the podcast last week. It's been bugging me ever since. Um, I, I made a, a half-hearted joke about like, oh, we got to make it through tomorrow. We, we, we record these things on Tuesdays, and Wednesday was the uh, reading of the electoral, and I made a, a snide com- comment, and clearly bad things, really bad things happened on Wednesday, and I just want to make sure people know I did, didn't take that as a joke. Um, maybe it didn't mean anything to anybody, but kind of bugged me that I kind of joked about it, then real shit happened, and you know, we're not going to get into what and where, but it was just a bad, bad oh. day at the Capitol. It's not your fault. It's like no one really anticipated shit going that far. So, yeah, I just thought I should acknowledge it. I don't know. I, I, it bothered me, so I, I just wanted to say, hey, you know, it's, it's not a joke. Um, stuff's going on, but to get away from that stuff and to kind of lose yourself into nonsense, that's why we record these shows. I thought you were going to apologize for not doing the outro. Oh, I did forget the outro. Man, it was late. No, I did the outro, didn't I? We did. Well, we didn't cover. We didn't cover our social media. Oh, we didn't. That's right. We totally blew that. Well, well we, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we did. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the blame. I'm with, that. with you. Uh, that was funny. Sorry. Well, what's going on with you? Anything fun? Uh, yeah. I mean, other than, you know, hoping the democracy doesn't collapse, things are going pretty well. Yeah, right. We'll get there. Looking forward we'll to the weekend, there. even though it's Tuesday. Right. Right. Well, tomorrow, uh, Friday's a big day. We'll talk about that later for the Marvel world. So that's something to look forward to this weekend if, you know. Yeah, we really didn't do much last weekend. Sat around. Um, I went for a hike. It was cool outside. Nice. And it was cold. We sat outside and had a beverage and then went home well we do have plans this weekend we are uh some friends of ours have a fire pit outside so we're gonna sit around even though it's gonna be cold we'll sit around a nice hot fire and have some pizza so yep that's what we've been doing everything outside so i have like uh my old arctic uh overalls from carhartt that i can wear anywhere and it's like sitting it's great so oh, nice yeah but um, any any big news this week in our world? It's been without the other stuff going on in the world. It's kind of hard to find geek stuff. Well, Kevin Feige just had his big uh, 
to do. Um, kind of came out and talked about a bunch of different projects, but there's some nuggets of information in there, like uh, we finally now know that his Star Wars movie has a writer. Yep, he does. Which I'm excited about that. And he did also come out and say that um, apparently he is not taking over the production reins over at Lucasfilm or the Star Wars films, you know. Right. Like, you know, I'm not going to start an argument, but... Yeah, you will. No, well, no, I'm not. I'm just, I've already said before, he's done a fantastic job with the Marvel series. I I think if he went over and did the Star Wars universe, he'd do equally as well. But I don't know if I want him to leave because I like what the MCU is doing. So that's all. Not starting to fight. No, I, I mean, listen, I'm sure he's consulted on a lot of things, you know. Why wouldn't so, you? Why, why, right. If somebody's a success, we'll, we'll know. And, you know, we'll find out if WandaVision does really well. Then that's great. It, well, it, it, I think it has it has the potential to be very different, which will you know I guess we can talk about it now. It's news, but it comes out Friday, and uh, it's going to be weekly releases like the Mandalorian was, which is I like that. I like being able to soak up the episode for a week. Um, and I like having something to look forward to instead of like throwing it all out there that it's done. So, you know, there are pros and cons for both. Um. But yes, it does give us, like you and I, it gives us the opportunity to have something to talk about every week. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Stranger Things. And, you know, if it's a cold, rainy weekend and the series just came out, sure, you can sit down and binge it over a night or two. Right. But but then it's done, right? Right. So it's been hard for us, I know, on this podcast to cover Stranger Things because, you know... I know last time, I think season three, it took us a couple, three weeks to get through it all. Right. Anyway, but I'm, I'm looking forward to WandaVision. Um, I mean, it's been 18 months, you know, right. Since we've seen anything since Spider-Man Far From Home, which was enjoyable. But at this point, we should have already have seen um, Black Widow. We should have seen the Eternals. Yep. And we should have seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This should be like the fourth thing we've seen from the MCU. Now right. it's going to be the first. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. And, and then you, you mentioned that Kevin Feige had a writer like uh, the person. You, did you mention the name or no? No, it's Michael Waldron, who right. is the creator of Loki. Uh, the upcoming series for Loki, yeah, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as well. Um, what's funny though is, I guess Collider, which is a an entertainment website, tweeted after after Kevin Feige's uh, Star Wars movie said that he had a writer. Kevin uh, Collider tweeted asking, "Which MCU actor would you like to see pop up in a Star Wars movie?" And Chris Evans answered, "Me." Well. <laughs> Can you blame him? No, I, I. We think he'd play a Jedi after playing Captain America, like, or does he want to play a bad guy? He seems like he'd want to play a Sith right now. You know, after seeing Knives Out, I think he could play a pretty, pretty shifty Sith. 
Yeah, he's an actor. I think he'd be anything, but it would be it'd be fool not foolish. It'd be cool to see him doing something not Captain America. You know what I mean? Don't don't be the bad good guy, right? It'd I'd be nice to that. see him. But you know what? We're seeing a lot of cross pollination now. I mean, Oscar Isaac obviously was Poe Dameron, and right. now it has not been confirmed. It is the worst kept secret that he is going to be Moon Knight. Right. So. There's already, I mean, and I can go on and on, but there's, you know, you've got, you know, Natalie Portman, you've got, well, like I said, I could go on and on, but there's a lot of cross-pollination going on there. Right. And also Brie Larson tweeted a picture of herself in a Jedi garb, which was awesome. Brie Larson has been pimping herself to be a Jedi. I know. For probably a good 10 years now. I I would love for her to do that. I, I think she'd she be a fantastic Jedi. Yeah, we, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah, she is a huge Star Wars fan. She makes no joke about it. And she's, you know, not that I'm, I'm I almost said she's legit, but I'm not a gatekeeper. I, I don't decide who's a good Star Wars fan or not. I'm just saying she, it's evident how much she's into Star Wars. Right. I think she'd be great, a great addition. I think it'd be awesome. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Terrible segue. I know. I know. <laughs> WandaVision. Are you excited about it? Uh, yeah, very much so. Um, I, I think so. I, I, I'm worried that I, you know, I want to make sure I like it. You know, I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. I'm going to go ahead and guess the first episode is going to be a whole bunch of what the fuck. I, I know. I think the series, I mean, obviously just from the trailers, it's obviously going to take place in some kind of fantasy world and also in real world. It looks like they're trying to contact Wanda this some kind of in some kind of pocket dimension or some sub reality. That's my guess. But I, I don't think they're gonna let us in on it right away. I think it's gonna be that whole first episode or two, a whole bunch of what the fuck is going on here. That's my guess. Yeah, I'm I'm worried for sure. Worried, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's going to be so different that I just hope that it that it, it it jives. That's all. I respect that. I mean, that said, though, yeah, it's going to be different. It's nothing like the Marvel, you know, the MCU has done before. But that said, um, they've tackled, even though they're all superhero films, they've tackled multiple genres. I mean, mm -hmm. the second Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that was like uh, some kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? It was it was much more of a, an intrigue type film, like a political intrigue, right? Right. Than it was, I mean, yes, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of action going on. But, you know, bringing even Robert Redford in and stuff, it gave it this kind of weight. Right. And it was more, I don't know. It's an espionage. It was an espionage. yeah. yeah. But a little bit more, I mean, well, yeah. What was that movie with Kevin Costner? Presidio? Uh, I don't know. Oh, back in the 80s. Obviously not along those same lines, but something similar. It was, yeah, espionage. I'm good with that. Espionage and political intrigue. And they've done all kinds of things with other, you know, films. So, new genre, but I'm okay with it. I, Marvel has proven... They can do just about any genre there is. I think the only one they haven't covered yet is a Western. Right. I don't know that I want them to. But, like, even next, even this coming year, 
we're going to see Sang Chi and the Ten Rings. They're going to take on kung fu action films. Mm-hmm. So no, I I know it's that. I just I just wanted to make sure it still links up if it's going to link up like they said, and um, I I don't want it to be a parody of itself. I guess that's all I'm worried about. Okay, I can see that. I respect that. Any other news? Not that I can think of. See, I didn't really follow a lot of news of, of geek stuff this week. It's been crazy. So, Well, yeah, for obvious reasons. But also, you know, I, I've noticed, you know, as I peruse the, peruse the geek sites that I do, mm-hmm. you know, part of it for this site and part of this just because I'm a geek, there's so much that just peddles in rumor. And that's one thing, unless it's a really, really strong rumor, like like I said, Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector slash Moon Knight, it's all but confirmed. So I will, I'm okay with saying, yeah, he's definitely the guy. But, you know, some of these other crazy rumors you get about Star Wars and Marvel and all this other stuff, it's hard because some of it does sound, you know, interesting or sound like it's plausible, but that's the thing. A good rumor is going to sound plausible, right? Absolutely. So, I know we are our our, uh, our Twitter page and our Facebook page. We, you know, we, we usually hit the highlights, the big news, because honestly, from my perspective, I try to stay away from the rumor if I can. I don't right. know if that's a good idea or not. I just don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, because rumors are just that. It's just it's it's for clickbait and all this other stuff. I'd rather have some real stuff. So, Yeah, now that you said that, though, maybe maybe we should have clickbait so people would come to our Twitter and our site and listen to us speak. Yeah, I, I don't have time to create shit very... <laughs> okay, good. Okay, then. Neither do I. I have yeah. a day job, so do you. That's what I... I absolutely. So, what uh, what's happening in your geek this week, This in your life... I think I mentioned last week that I started, and I think I'd only read an issue or two of The Immortal Hulk, Volume 1, right. collecting the first 10 issues. I finished it a couple days ago, and again, all I can say is all the hype this book has been getting the last couple years is warranted. That is probably some of the best Hulk I've read in my life. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got me intrigued when you talked about it last week, so that's good. I'll have to check it out for sure. You have Prime, right? I have regular Prime. I don't pay for unlimited reading, though. You don't have to. It's part of Prime reading. Wasn't Prime reading a separate? Uh, no, that's uh, that's their Kindle Unlimited. Oh, okay. That's the thing with Prime. You got a little bit of everything. So yeah, as as you're just a regular Prime member, just like me, right? There's a whole list of books under Prime Reading that you can borrow. You can borrow up to ten at a time. For oh, free. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. So, pull up your iPad, get the Immortal Hulk. I want to hear what you think. All right, I'll see what I can do. Uh, but one of the other things I also read was now this came out like 10, 15 years ago, if not longer. Um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars Adventures, Volume Two. Right. These were written for kids. Like, it's totally the art, the the dialogue. It's all very, very kid-friendly. And they came out originally in these little digests. 
of three or four issues each, or three or four little stories. But Dark Horse put these out back in the day, and I I don't know if I have them all in in like little paperbacks, but for some something about them is just fantastic. I know they're for kids, but I absolutely loved them. Okay, I've never seen them. Never never came across them. I'll have to dig them up. I'll have to show you sometime. But um, I love them, and like I said, I don't think I I had most, if not all of them, and I would always search them out when I went to conventions and stuff because they're oh, not right. very expensive. Um, but a couple of years ago, when Dark Horse was uh, losing the Star Wars license, they had a fire sale on digital copies of all their stuff through Amazon. And I bought every single one of these Star Wars Clone Wars adventures. And I also bought, I think, every trade collection of the Star Wars legacy that takes place a couple hundred years after, you know, Luke and all of them have passed. All this stuff is now bullshit. You know, it's not, it's been wiped away. Right. Right. But I bought it all. And, uh, I haven't read much of that stuff yet, but these Star Wars Clone Wars adventures absolutely love them. So I read one of those. And then last but not least, uh, uh, podcast called chameleon. It's not really geek related, but it's, uh, it caught my attention the other day, and I've listened to two episodes, and I'm hooked. And that's what is that idea. about? What is that oh, about? It's about a scam. But <laughs> I'm two episodes in, and I don't know what the scam is. Basically, the gist is, and I'll try and get it as fast. Is this as a as story-oriented podcast? It's not people. No, it's real it's, life. Real life. Like a, like a, I don't know, what, is, what are those shows? Like an, they find the murderer and all that? or Yeah. Kind of, well, did you listen to uh, Dirty John? No. Oh, listen to Dirty John. It's fantastic. But uh, it's all real life. It's basically about this scam that's going on. But I haven't figured out what the scam is yet. Where is it getting people to listen to a podcast? Yes, that's it. There you that's go. The scam. They're scamming you at the end. <laughs> no. like, oh, you listen to this for nothing. Well, it's free. So if that's the scam, they're really not good at making money. Um. Well, unless the advertiser. Maybe that's it, Joe. <laughs> Now, the whole scam is basically, well, from what I've, so far, they're, they're uh, kind of feeding off the, the uh, edge of people in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. The first episode's about a guy who is a um, personal instructor, like physical instructor, fitness instructor, and he's trying to get in and work on people, you know, with actors on films. And the second one's about this woman who is from the UK, and she's a makeup artist. And so far... Both of these people use their own money to fly to Jakarta, Indonesia, under the pretense of working for a movie being filmed there. They've spent their own money, but they were allowed to book their own airfare and their own hotel stays. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where the scam is, because it's not like they're getting money funneled to one particular airline, or they're funding, funneling money into one particular hotel. But that's the gist, And but I'm hooked. It's It's fascinating. Yeah, I've never really listened to story-oriented type podcasts. It's really, I just like, I like, I listen to podcasts for other knowledge and uh, interviews and stuff, but maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, I've got so many of my things that I subscribe to, but um, but I always like the Business Wars one too. Those are some interesting podcasts. Anyways, is that it for you this week? Is that, is that your geeks? That's my geek stuff, Joe. What about you? I only have one, and that was uh, because I... Last week, I downloaded the Light of the Jedi from the High Republic book, and I'm 40% complete because I said I need to get it done before we get to (laughs) 
Ready Player Two, which we'll talk about later. Um, but I like it a lot. I I think it's going to be. I don't even know how to explain this book. Um, it it's it starts off in the middle of action, which I like, and it kind of pulls you in. I really like the way it's written because it's written with quick chapters. I always like that, and and different leads of those chapters. Like maybe about this character, this chapter, then it jumps to the other character, the next chapter and goes back and forth, you know, okay. very much written as if you're watching a movie. It's the best way I can explain it. Um, so I like that quick. So like a chapter is not super long. It just kind of keeps cut. It's basically a chapter is a cut. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And I like that a lot. And, and there's a right now, basically the first third of the book is which would, where I'm just past, uh, this huge event happens that, that no one can really figure out that's causing destruction through the hyperspace lanes and the outer rim. And, um, they send some Jedi stuff to help. Uh, but I, it's exciting. I, 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 I think the hard thing is, is like, you know, there's no one to grab onto yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that character like you do quickly with star Wars or whatever. Right. They haven't handed you a Luke or a, or a Poe or Finn or anything like that, right? They they kind of do. They they do. I just I just haven't grabbed on. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's four four or so Jedi, four or five Jedi, maybe six. Um, one with a Padawan that's a Wookiee, which is cool. Nice. Um, there's a lot of more creatures in this, but I haven't found the one that I like. There, there might be one that I really want to read more, but so far, I mean, it's it's good, but I haven't gotten to that one person, and it's all new, so it's like. You can't go like, oh, this person's going to lead to Luke or this person's going to lead, you know. And I, I think why Mandalorian is very successful because it's set at a time where you could run into people, obviously, which pulls, right. which pulls you in. This is going to be I, – I, I, this would be it's, – it's good for Star Wars fans. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe if it becomes a film or, or stuff around this, it could be uh, good for people that are not – that are casual Star Wars fans. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a feeling they would open, watch this and go, where's Luke again? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Those, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, so far I really like it. I, I'm kind of breezing through the book. So um, now correct me if I'm wrong. High Republic takes place what, like 200 years before. Two, uh, four? Bit, something like that. Yeah. Like something like about 400 years or something like that. Gotcha. I'd have to double check. It doesn't give you an exact date in the book. It doesn't say star date or anything like that. Like you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I know. Interesting. So, um, but it's good. Huh? Yeah. And I did subscribe to the comic. So I'm waiting. I have to go pick that up because I just hold it for you. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. I'm glad they built this giant world. I hope it, it becomes strong, um, but I like it a lot so far. They're putting a lot of resources into it and uh, got a lot of titles coming out. So, Well, they kind of have to because, um, you know, it's more, you know, they created these characters. They got to get you involved. If You know, StarWars.com will help you tremendously. Um, they have a book club too. They copied us, Star Wars book club, just so you know. Of course um, they did. But they make books, so you know. I guess when we make books, they can do that. Um, some of the words, some of the names. I always wonder how you come up with names. Like, the, there's there's a cool Jedi whose his name's Loden Great Storm. Like, Great Storm is a weird word for me. Um, 
but uh weirder than skywalker i know uh you're right um but he's a twi'lek and he's, he's pretty cool he's kind of um very uh i'm not gonna say han solo like but kind of because I don't gotcha. know how else, to, how else to explain him the way he More talks. More independent than most Jedi, probably. Yeah, and a little snarky. A little gotcha. snarky, you know. Um, but I, I dig him. Avar Chris is the woman that is basically the one of the the biggest, or the strongest, I guess you would say, like leaders. Um, but uh, Is she a Jedi master? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. These are, yep. Yeah. Uh, same with uh, Loden. And he has his Padawan with him. So... It's fun. It's fun to learn these characters and keep learning them. And I, I, I hope it becomes a, a, a broader universe, you know, and picks up. And I would love to see an animated series before a film. Like, you know, Rebels, like, you know, could be cool. Could be a good, really good way to, to get people into this. Well, as we mentioned, well, as I mentioned before, I, I don't have the book, but I did pre-order the first comic book trade i said i know you just said that you've uh, subscribed to the comic now yeah i did some see some people already complaining online <laughs> of course because well apparently uh there's a jedi that's is it, is it, how do you pronounce it? is it trandoshan or whatever mm-hmm. whatever yep. bosk uh, is like bosk yeah trandoshan yep trandoshan and he only has one arm so that's what pissing is, people off because they're supposed Trandoshan, to grow back yeah trandoshans uh regrow limbs well, how about we get some context? We don't know what happened. I'm just telling you, that's what I heard. You know, this is a tough. It's got to be, oh man, some Star Wars fans just get too far. <laughs> you know, like let some stories play out. Don't be so mean all the time. I don't know. Like, it doesn't affect my interpretation of the book only because I didn't know that and I don't right. care. Um, but I just thought it was funny that there's already outrage. Now, of course, this is some comic book website, so I'm assuming they using hyperbole, you know, just to you know get the clicks. But right, I'll check it out. You know, obviously, this is going to be a few months, but right, it's 200 years. I was I was looking at this 200 years before Phantom Menace. Awesome, I'm into it. I'll check it out. Yeah, I think it could be cool. And I, I, you know, I'll, I'll read Light of the Jedi, and then I'll probably jump to when I can uh, into the Dark, which is uh, Claudia Gray. She writes some great Star Wars books. Uh, so, and she does some comics too. She does a lot of stuff, Claudia Gray. So there we go. That's what I'm into. And I got to get that done before, well, not before I probably write, read concurrently with uh, Ready Player One. Because I think even reading those two books is not like reading Dune. Probably not. Yeah. Hopefully not. All right. Here we go. We, uh, Star Trek Discovery ended yesterday? No, last Thursday. Last, last Friday? Thursday, yep. Last Thursday. I finally caught up. You did. You you obviously have finished it last weekend, I would assume. I did. And we're here to talk about it and recap. And I'm going to let Michael lead this one because he is by far the Star Trek um, expert here. And I'm going to react with Michael on this particular project or process. Uh, so you go ahead and lead us through discovery. Well, I'm going to do the same thing that I, that I often do. Just first gut shit reaction. Gut shit. Gut shot. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Me? Yeah. No. Wow. Okay. 
Well, I said I didn't like it. I, I didn't love it. I didn't. I didn't feel anything. I didn't hate it. Wow, indifference is even worse. This that's what that's what I'm saying. I, man, I, we're all going to get into what I dislike, so that's why I was afraid. Hold <laughs> on, we'll get into it. But all right, you know, well, it's like they say: the opposite of love is not hate. Those are both strong, polarizing emotions. The opposite of love is indifference. Sounds no, like no, you're very the, indifferent. I'm not even indifferent. I like I. I I wouldn't go back and watch the series again. I, I judge things like that. Like, would I take the time to rewatch this? No. Okay, that's fair. Would you? Um, maybe. Okay. So, for me, I think I'm. You know, I, I made reference to this before, and I even put a poll up on our site a couple months ago. Right. I thought the third season started very strong. Um, so we're recapping. So for those of you who haven't watched yet, we're going to be talking about the entire season. So right. spoiler warning. There it is. So as anyone that has already watched knows at the end of season two, uh, discovery launched themselves 900 some odd years into the future. Part of it was so that this information they had, um, that had, like basically a galaxy, the entire galaxy's worth of information for a hundred thousand years or some shit. Mm-hmm. They took that so that way control a rogue AI would not get it. They destroyed control, but also took the information a hundred thousand years or nine hundred years in the future. That's where season three starts, right there, where they come through the wormhole, mm-hmm. uh, starting with Michael Burnham. And then the whole first episode is just her alone. Right. We don't find out to the second episode where Discovery is. Eventually they show up at the same spot, but because the way wormholes work, it's space-time, yada, 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 they actually show up a year later. Right. And for me, I really liked the beginning of the season because it's... Well, first off, I don't like prequel series for the most part. Maybe that's just me, but I feel oftentimes there's something lost in the fact that you you take away part of the unknown. Right, you know where things are going to go. Right. No matter what happens, no matter what character arcs happen, or what surprises they try to throw at you, you know that ten years after Discovery... Kirk, Spock, and McCoy are going to be on the Enterprise. Right. So, the fact that Burnham is Spock's sister, but we never heard from her or heard about her, I'm like, how are they going to hide that? Now, I think they hit it. They dealt with it well. Their reasoning at the end of season two makes sense because if we talked about it and Control ever came back or anything, they'd know where she was. Right. Fine. It fits. But that's the thing. They have to find a way to shoehorn it in to make it fit. So, even though I didn't expect to love, or not love, well, I did. I love the first two seasons of Discovery. I I went in expecting to hate the series or dislike it highly. But I ended up liking season one way more than I thought, and I loved season two. Season two was better than season three. I agree with you 100%. As I said, season three started off fantastic, and I thought 
it was going to be the better season. I was you like, thought it was going to be better than Mandalorian. At one point in time, it was. But it blew its load way too early. In my opinion. I still like the series, but there were a couple things in it that slowed things down. So, Jojo, fantastic character. Did you like her at least? Yeah, I mean, can I just get, let me, boy, before we get into it, the, the, the big problem I have with this show is is it's so fucking repetitive. It's so repetitive that I can't, It it's it's like Arrowverse. It's like the same fucking writing every time. And I just get tired of it. Like, give me something. You're going to, who's going to cry first. Who's going to be lost forever. And Michael Burnham's always right. Like always right. And is the only person that can save all these idiots. Like I just get tired of that shit. Like there's so many interesting characters on there and I just, they just do the same thing over and over. So they're going to, they're going to have bicker. Okay. Her and Giorgio are going to bicker, 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 blah, 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 blah. Giorgio is like, my God, I was glad she left. Like, good. You'll come back. <laughs> you'll come back in season four anyways. Cause some shit will happen that you'll bring her back. We need her. We'll have to go get her. We yeah, don't the reason go, I brought her up. Well, here's what I'm going to write. Here's, here's my prediction. Season four. Oh, we need to find her. Well, we can't find her while well, Burma's, we need to find her and Burma will go on her own and find her and bring her back. And then everything will be great. Well, here's why you're wrong. <laughs> Those, I mean, yes, she was in it for most of the season, but the two episodes that focused pretty much just on her when she's back in the Mirror Universe and all that shit. Yeah, with Doctor Who? Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. yeah no, it wasn't Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure he wasn't. It wasn't Doctor Who. Um, that guy, or I can't remember its name, but that goes all the way back to uh, the original series. So that was a nice homage. Okay. okay. Um. Didn't Doctor Who come before Star Trek? Did it? Maybe. Hell yeah. Like way before. The point is, I'm knocking shit over again. Yeah. The point is, she's not coming back because those two episodes were basically not so much a backdoor pilot, but it's setting up the show we already know she's going to be on. Because we already know they're coming out with a Star Trek Section 31 show. Oh, I don't know what that is. Okay. So you know more. Like, again, that's the, this is why you're leading this conversation. Right. Well, so Section 31 is like Star Trek CIA. Oh. They're the black ops. They're the people that do the stuff in the background. They're the ones um, that probably started with the time travel and all that. Right. If you remember season two, they had those ships control was a program for Section 31. And he, all those ships that battled at the end of that of the Season 2, yes, you had the standard Federation ships, but you had those sleeker, smaller-looking ships. Yep. Those were all Section 31 ships. They have their own ships. Okay. Hey, listen, maybe I'm missing something through all this, and it's just not hitting me. And I don't know why, other than I just get, I watch the episodes, I can tell you what happens after the first 20 seconds, like where it's going to go. There's nothing thrilling about these episodes. Um, you know, and I, I don't know what I'm missing. Maybe, maybe it's over my head. Maybe, um, I, I don't know. I'm not against it. Like I said, I, I, you know, I, I watched this series, this particular season, and I'm thinking to myself, why did I like JJ Abrams first movie better than any of this? 
Why? I don't know. You know, I, I think it's characters. It's, um, I don't, I don't know. I think it's the storytelling is probably a little bit better. I mean, this whole thing started because a kid cried. The fuck. That that was lame at the end of this thing. (laughs) Well, it's a bit more than that. No, it's not. He cried. (laughs) But he was also linked to the uh, subspace frequency of. I know, but it's lame is what I'm telling you. I'm not going to die on this hill. It's not the best reason. This That's is what destroyed sure. the Federation, this kid crying? The That's the Federation, not the whole Alpha well, Quadrant, at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm there trying to some... find good stuff. Well, I, okay. liked, I liked the new guy, the, the new guy a lot. Book? Yeah. I like him, too. That said... It was a little bit of a stretch, I thought, to make him captain the ship for her, or not the captain, but basically but, able to sink with a spoiler yeah, drive. Yeah. Now I see now when you know that they laid they did lay some groundwork for that by making him an empath with animals and whatnot. Yep. Well the first episode. I mean Exactly. We, yeah. So all right, so at least they did their homework, and it wasn't something that they threw in at the end right. to try and wrap it. They said they laid some seeds for that, or some. Well, know, even the, even the prior episode with the scientist talking to what's I forget all their guys' names, but the scientist talking to the the guy from the ship that runs the the ship. Yeah, you know he's telling they're trying to figure out why, and you have to be this or that, and they were kind of telling you how it worked before they let you know. Yeah, so. I see, you know, I can connect the dots. Okay, they did lay the seeds for this. That's fine. But still, I was like, mm, okay, whatever. I mean, I I could see if maybe he actually had met or interacted with some tardigrades. tardigrades. Mm-hmm. But so he just has this empathic ability to communicate with a, another creature he's not met. All right, whatever. It was a little bit of a stretch, but then again, so was the uh, Kelpian having an emotional outburst, destroying all the dilithia. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie that that was not a part I loved, but there was a lot I liked about this season. So, getting back to it, I, I know I was a bit long winded, and I'll, I'll get to it right now. Then, one of the things I loved about this season, initially at least, was it shed that prequelness. Now, Discovery was to, well, the best word for it is in a new frontier, right? Right. Here you have a, a world, a quadrant, a galaxy, where the Federation pretty much doesn't exist or is very small now. Well, sure, so, they are, now, now they can retell a story, basically, pull everybody back in. Exactly. Now, yes, it ends on a very Pollyanna note with well, yeah. all this, I mean, because there was a planet's worth of dilithium that didn't blow up. Right. 
So, right. so they can mine it. They can do what they need. I, I don't like that she's captain at the end. Okay. If we're going to go right for that, yes. I don't like that she's captain either. Like, Saru's one of the better characters of the friggin' show, if you ask me. I agree 100%. And I think they established early on, not only, in, I mean, definitely in season one, but how many times did she disobey orders and break the rules to just do whatever the fuck she wanted? I know. This is why I don't like that. This is it. When you have the main character that is the only one that gets it right all the time, it's a it's just shitty writing. Like, I'm sorry. It's like over the top. Like, and then one minute she's crying and the next minute she's screaming. Like, everything is to the extreme that I just can't. It's so melodramatic. That's the, I don't remember Star Trek being this melodramatic. Well, here's something I want to say to that. And. You watch Next Generation, yes? No? Yeah, I watched it. I don't remember it like this, but I don't. I'm, I don't have a memory of it. Like I didn't watch it to the depth that you 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 have. And no, and that's fine. But here's the thing: so Next Generation came out in 1987. You know, still when TV shows did 26 episodes a year, right? Yeah, they were they were they were making so much of those. Right. And then you know now most network shows are down to 22, 20 episodes a year, but the rules are completely changed with streaming. Ten episodes, that's a season. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fine. Right. So, as much as I do enjoy Discovery, I have my qualms and my you know complaints too. In ten episodes, you're just not going to get the character depth that you got with Next Generation. Because let's face it. Over seven years, and I think like 170 some odd episodes or something like that, um, you had plenty of opportunity to do a Picard solo episode, right. a Riker solo episode. You know, everyone, Worf got solo episodes, Data got solo episodes, even Geordi, right? Right, which gives other people time off because they've been working their ass off, right? That's smart. Right, which right makes sense. But it also gave you a... Well, it gave the audience a chance to really see this these characters fleshed out. Right. We're not going to see that in Discovery. No much how no matter how much we'd like to in thirteen episodes, which is fine. Yeah, but let me give you let me give you just a, a comparison, right? Right. The Bill Barr Bill Barr Bill Burr episode of Mandalorian. He only had. It was a 29-minute episode, and I learned more about his character in that few minutes and got enough of him that was better than anything written in Discovery. That was a fantastic episode, and I really can't argue against that. So I think what they're doing is it's, it's, it's very much like Arrowverse. Uh, that's why I stopped watching it. Like You, you kept doing the same thing over. Who's going to get upset if I do this? I'm going to lie or I'm going to do something and, you know, it's very, it's become patterned and I don't know why they do that. Um, do you know what I mean? Are you seeing it or do, am I the only one who's seeing this? In the, in the... I don't see it to the level that you do. Um, I mean, being a longtime Star Trek fan, there are things I saw in homages and references that, Maybe you did not see. Right. And that's probably cool. Like, you know, I, I could tell you my favorite episode is probably going to be one that you'll probably laugh at me at. 
I, I think the Vulcan episode was the best, one of the best ones. Where they go and she's got to plead her case or whatever. Oh, I think that's, fa- yes, that's fantastic. I wouldn't disagree. I love, I mean, that ties into why I like this series, especially with the third season. Mm-hmm. Because like I already covered, it removes that whole prequelness. And it gives us something new. We see now, with that episode, that it's not Vulcan anymore. It's Navarre. Right. And we get to see their society now remerged with the Romulans. Right. I That was fantastic for me because I remember watching The Next Generation and seeing that episode, Reunification 1, where Picard's in the caves underneath Romulus and all of a sudden here's Ambassador Spock showing up. We get to see Spock again. And because Vulcans age so much slower, even though it had been, you know, 10 years or you know, how many years since the original show. Right. It works that even though it's 75 years in the future. Anyway, the point is that was great. And then, you know, reunification two, And the whole time, every time we saw Spock or reference to him, even in the Abrams movie, he's working with the Romulans. He's trying to reunite, reunite right. Right. two cultures. So here we are. Which is why the weird wormhole thing at the beginning of J.J. Abrams' version. You know, it's a, it's a Romulan that came, you know. Right. So here we are 900 years in the future to find out reunification happened. Right. Now, question for you. Is this timeline because Vulcan doesn't exist anymore? No. No what? Wrong timeline. Okay, that's what I'm asking because I, I was wondering why they're not on Vulcan. They are in Vulcan. It's renamed it, Navarre. It's renamed. I didn't hear the rename. Yeah, they rename okay. it Navarre. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear that. No, so, okay. You've got two timelines, okay? This, yeah, I understand I understand the two timelines. I, wasn't, I didn't hear them say it was renamed. That's all. I missed that. Yeah. But that also helps explain why the Romulans and the Vulcans are back together too because Romulus was destroyed as we saw at the beginning yeah, of that's right. The both, both planets were gone. Yep. Now, in the Kelvin universe, Vulcan's gone. Mm. But this isn't the Kelvin universe. Got it. Anyways, we I also, we also saw that in uh, Picard. Right. Right. So... It's it's nice to see how everything came together hundreds of years later. Yeah, in that episode, did a lot for that. I mean, you had, yes. a, you had a. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is why I liked it. We had a shot of uh, Leonard Nimoy in it, and I liked. You know, she saw what what her brother did, and that's cool. Um, I I thought it was one of the better episodes, and you didn't even have to have a lot of action. See what I mean? Like, it doesn't it didn't have to have a lot of action. Just it was it was it seemed like some of the smartest writing of of all of it. I agree 100%. And having her mother appear to turn on her mm-hmm. when really they were choosing, using the precepts of, you know, Vulcan logic and yada, yada, yada. You're right. It was a very well-written episode. And the biggest conflict comes with a disagreement and someone basically stating their case and doing debate. Right. Right. But that is a way you can do conflict without... Starship's blowing everyone up. So I agree with you too. Not a lot of action, still plenty of conflict, but a great episode. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, that being said, I mean, I liked um, that episode. I, I'm trying to think of another one if I liked it that much. Not much. Uh, not quite sure I even liked the actual, what was the, the lady that's basically the bad, bad Nebula? Oh, no. Osira. Osira. Yeah. 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 See, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. You got to look a little bit deeper and here's something I thought, you know, Star Trek at its best is a reflection on current society. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we see that from time to time in this series, not as much as we saw in maybe in next generation or some other, you know, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager all got seven years. They all had 22 to 26 episodes a season. So they got to tell much longer stories. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we did see a lot more of that. It's going to, again, it's going to be harder to do that in a 13-episode season. But we still saw some of it because the Emerald Chain is 100% all about capitalism. Right. Whereas the Federation is a post, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they are not post, um, shoot, I, I wish I could think of words now. Um, you know, certain societies have limited resources, right? Right. The Federation is, up until now, was post that. So the Federation we know from Picard, from Deep Space Nine, from Next Generation, post-scarcity, God, it finally came to me. <laughs> um, they were post-scarcity society. No one really was paid in the Federation. They were a utopia where everyone just did whatever job they wanted. Right. So there's some socialist themes there because they were post-scarcity society. Now you're looking at them. It's not a post-scarcity society because there's no more dilithium or until the end of the episode, end of the season. So now they have to deal with the Emerald Chain, who is super into capitalism. But with that also comes the dark side of capitalism. You know, we know there's you know slaves and whatnot and indentured servants. So it was interesting to see that juxtaposition. Uh, especially with, you know, all the, you know, debate and people, you know, storming capitals in the U.S. right now, right? Right. Socialism, capitalism, they don't necessarily, it doesn't mean they can't work together. And that's kind of what I think we're going to be seeing more of in season four. Sure. I mean, there's going to be that constant um, talk, I suppose. You know, which one is better, but... I don't know if it's an uh, end. Well, end end game kind of thing. right. There's no, you know, end game, I guess. Anyways. Yeah. I, you know, again, I, it's fine. I, it's just, I, I'm, I, I try, dude, I really try to hook into it. I just cannot, there's just some things I just cannot get into for some reason. I don't, I don't know what it's missing. I don't know other than better writing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, listen, if it's good, I'll say it. And, and I'll say if it's bad for Star Wars as well, you know, uh, there, like I said, there's bad writing all over Star Wars, especially the sequels. So, 
And that's fair. Like I said, in a nutshell, I thought the season started strong, but I thought it kind of whimpered to an end. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I is it will I watch it again? No. I won't. <laughs> I won't watch any of those episodes ever again, I don't think. I think I'd be much more likely to watch season two again. Yeah. I really like season two. I really, and I almost want to rewatch the um, watch control as it basically builds throughout the season because that was really interesting to me. This one, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it, but high rewatchability factor? I don't think so. You know, you're going to laugh. Lower Decks had a much more consistent first season. Had a much more consistent season. I'm serious. I, I believe you. I believe you. Lower Decks really kind of came around. Maybe if there's absolutely nothing left on Netflix for me to watch or any other streaming thing, I might think about it. And it's a maybe because I probably just end up watching Lord of the Rings or something again <laughs> instead of that. Now that I'm a little bit further away from Lower Decks, I'll say it's actually probably the most optimistic and hopeful of the Star Trek that's out right now. Wow. Okay. Cool. 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 Anything left to say on this that I missed? You know, I I, I don't know if I did the what you really wanted out of me uh, in this this thing, but um, no, I think you did fine. I mean. Star Trek's just not your thing. You're not a Trekkie. Yeah, but I really like. I've rewatched the Star Trek movie many, many times, and I like it a lot. Yeah. So I'm trying. The thing is, though, you're talking about the Abrams, right? Yeah, not all three of them. I like the first one a lot. Okay. And I don't know why. Maybe it's not because it's Kirk and Spock. I, I, I mean, we have that, but maybe part of it is that. I mean, I can't deny that. Maybe it's the way he gets. Maybe it's the way it's directed. I know you don't want to hear that, but or shot yeah. and, the, and the movie, the way that the, the the camera moves, and it feels like there's movement to the film, and there feels like there's a a good story. I thought the story was pretty good. I know it pisses off Star Trek fans because it changes the timeline, but um, and I get that. I know if you're really into something and you're not like you know, it's it's like somebody that just watches Star Wars and goes, oh, I thought you know. Last Jedi was really cool because of this. Is it? Yeah, you're right, but it screws everything else up. Yeah, but that's fine because I really like the movie. I totally get it. You know, oh, I have no problem with uh, the 2009 Star Trek reboot. I, I liked it. I liked it so much. It's the whole reason I bought a PS3 just so I can have a Blu-ray player to watch it. Yeah, well, and you have what now? What do you have now? I have made no reference in the last couple of weeks <laughs> about my PS5. But yes, I have a PS5. Right. Um, no, I was, my point was more to the fact that I liked that movie so much. I bought a Blu-ray player I didn't have so I could watch it. Right. So, I so mean, I'm, I I'm, I'm there with you on Star Trek. You so know, it's going to be, go ahead. go ahead. No, I'm saying is I don't know. I don't know where Star Trek goes from here in the film world. I don't know where it goes. You know, you know, you got the Captain Pike stuff coming out. looks like I may like that. I may not, but that's a prequel, which you don't like. Well, it's funny, it's funny that you mention it because that was what I was going to say. I think the Pike show is going to be much more what you want. Maybe. And, and I don't know if it's the time frame or I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, epi- uh, 
Discovery 4 will be better if they start doing some things like going to new worlds and doing small little stories instead of trying to do one giant one, maybe? I don't know. And that's the thing, too. Again, short seasons means that really you're doing an extended movie. Right, but they should look at how X-Files did it. Oh, when they did their uh, renewed uh, miniseries, like six episodes like that? Well, no, just in general, how they handled the writing of that show. Like, you'd have a thread through the season, but you didn't always have an episode that had anything to do with the thread. Right. You know, you know, you just kind of... But even you, then... Your monster episode or whatever. Kind of like the second episode of, of Mandalorian or whatever with the spiders. Right. But even then, they still had a lot more episodes to work with, though. So Sure, sure. But does everything have to be... Like, I guess what I'm saying is that nothing... Not everything has to be resolved... I'm good it, with that. I'm good with it, that too. It's Star Trek, right? Like that's the whole point because there's always something that's going to happen. They don't have to resolve the whole thing. They can resolve little things throughout the season. You just kind of keep it moving, more like a book rather than a, a long movie. Well, I I'm, I'd be okay with that. But seriously, I think it's really going to come down to how how you like Strange New Worlds, the Pike series. Yeah, it could be cool. Now, to be fair, yes, it is a prequel series, but it's an exception in that Pike is really kind of almost an ancillary character right. that we don't know a lot about. Right. We know he was in command of the Enterprise before Kirk, and that's all we know. But we've got, what, nine more years before Kirk becomes captain? A lot can happen. Anyway, all I have to say, a short version I thought the season started really strong, but then I it began to falter and kind of step on itself a bit. It, it ended on an okay note. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm a huge fan of what caused the burn either, but mm-hmm. I see potential for... I, I like where we left off because now it continues what I liked about the first half of the season where there's a lot of unknown, and this whole fourth season should be about the rebirth of the Federation and the struggles therein. So I'm excited about that. Right. Right, right, right. That's my take. Cool. All right. That's probably a good place to to stop this uh, discussion on Discovery. We have a new book to read, Michael. We should be starting now. As of today, this is day one. You can start the book. Do you have where we supposed to, where we're supposed to get to for Ready Player Two by Ernest Klein? I do. We're going to post that uh, on some socials? Yep, I'll post that social, but I'll mention it right here real quick. That's You can hear that. That's paper folding. <laughs> I wrote it down. So, Mine Ready Player Two. Mine's this sound. Oh, well, I actually opened it. Well, now I'm folding it again right next to the mic. So I just, I just I mean, tap a Kindle. Oh. <laughs> well, no, the reason I actually wrote it down on a piece of paper. So, here's where I broke it down is. Uh, Ready Player Two is 366 pages, so that's about 91 and a half pages a week. So, section one, we're going to read uh, through chapter five, so pages one through 91. Mm-hmm. Section two is going to be pages, start at page 92 through page 181. So, section two, you start at chapter six. Mm-hmm. Section three... Start on page 182, which is chapter 14, through to page 276. 
And then the last section is section four, starting at chapter 23, page 277 through to the end of the book. So much shorter. It's going to be just four weeks, whereas Dune, I think we did uh, nine weeks, but there was a buy-in there as well for people to catch up over Thanksgiving. But I will post this all to our social media. And what are those social medias, Michael, so we don't miss it in the outro? That's right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at KyberCast. You can find us on Instagram at KyberCast. Or on Facebook, look under groups or pages for The KyberCast. There you go. And that's where you're going to have all the information for our KyberCast book club. This version is Ready Player Two, again, by Ernest Klein. Run out and get it from your library so you don't have to pay if you don't want to, and or order it through any place you get it want to get it from i do not want to just plug amazon here yes there you can get it from all kinds of places online that's right on the line some not even legal not that we're endorsing that no never 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 no seriously i'm not endorsing that no okay you can also if uh <laughs> check it out and hopefully you'll join us in that book club um, that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you uh, want to help us out, tell a friend about the episode. They can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all those fun places. And if you'd like to leave a, you know, a review, you know, tell us how bad we are. That's fine. But uh, if you share it with a friend that helps other people get into the podcast, we're not really advertising it anywhere. So that would be a great help. And um, anything else we missed this week, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to make a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Scott. Yeah. Hey, Scott. I know Scott. Well, I don't know him, but I know he's a listener. Right. I just want to shout out because that guy, if we had (laughs) 50 more listeners like him, well, we'd have 50 more listeners, but (laughs) (laughs) but no, the guy is, he's so nice and he really pimps us and I... It's nice to know there's at least one person out there that enjoys this uh, this podcast as much as you and I enjoy it, Joe. Absolutely. It, it, he is tremendous. So many, many thanks. So, Scott, you get a shout out for being awesome and loving us so, for so much. And we're just two geeks that like to babble. So thanks for loving us, Scott. <laughs> awesome. That's a good place to end it. Thank you all for listening. Join us again next week when we talk uh, the first chapter, first niche, first chapter, first part of the the book for book club, and uh, that'll do it for this week. So, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation, anyway.